Howdy. How are you? Greg Henson in for Jeff Katz on News Radio WRVA. It's a Wednesday, New Year's Eve. Eve. Hope you're having a great day. Um, it's not often that somebody who's iconic passes away and you don't know who they are. Okay. And I will submit to you that we had a death today of somebody that you all know, you're all well aware of who they are and what they do. But when I mention his name, you won't know who I'm talking about. Today we lost, and this comes from, uh, I won't tell you who it comes from. We lost um, a famous person by the name of Alto Reed. Now, I know a lot of you are like, who, what? I, I have no idea who that is. I've never heard that name before. What movie was he in? What did he do? How, how would I know him? And I'll just tell you, though, that um, as a Detroit boy, I feel like we have to pay homage to this guy, Alto Reed, because he's iconic. In the music industry. I mean, I even asked young Adam here if he knew who he was. And he said, well, no, I have no clue. And then I I played what I'm about to play for you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know that one. And I promise you, it's one of your favorite things in the music business that you've ever heard. Because it's one of those iconic riffs, and it's not the guitar. If I tell you the name Alto Reed passed away today of colon cancer... He's famous where I'm from. And he's also famous for this. Just let it play for a minute. On a long and lonesome highway East of Omaha You can listen to the engine Moaning out his one note song You can think about the woman Oh, the girl you knew the night before. This is Bob Seger, Turn the Page. Probably the song that elevated him. thoughts will soon be wandering The way they always do When you're riding 16 hours And there's nothing much to do And you don't feel much like riding You just wish the trip was through See, here I am on the road again. There I am up on the stage. Here I go playing star again. There I go, turn the page. Do you know who he is now? The great Alto Reed. Probably gave it away when I said alto reed because alto is a type of saxophone. He can turn that down. And reed is, of course, part of the instrument in the mouthpiece. But uh, alto is phenomenal. I'll tell you a funny story. I was uh, reading Seeger today on his Facebook page. And and Bob is a Detroit guy, right? I mean, he's born and bred in Ann Arbor. And he broke out of Detroit. He was a one of the, the hugest acts to ever come out of our city. Now, I'm younger than Bob by a lot. He's my sister's and brother's ages, my older sister's and brother's ages. And he used to play the mall parking lot near my house. He used to play every every prom in the Detroit area he could get his hands on. 
And that song there was recorded in downtown Detroit, 1972, Cobo Hall. And they recorded it live. I think that's the one that was called Live Bullet. And Bob said that saxophone solo single-handedly launched his career to the next level. Because he was a regional act. He was starting to work a little bit with Glenn Fry, who's from Royal Oak, Michigan. And they were a regional act. You know, they had some some success and they were they were popular. But Live Bullet and Turn the Page were what launched Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, really. 1972. And since then, he's only become one of the most pro- prolific singer-songwriters in the history of rock and roll. And uh, he lost his wingman today, Alto Reed, who, uh, man, I'll tell you, that is just one of those things in music. That solo at the beginning and the end of Turn the Page that makes the hair stand up on your arm because it's just so magical. You know, if you like rock and roll and I'm telling you, the kids know it too. The youngsters. I mean, I was a youngster when, when that came out, when that came out, I was four years old and, uh, and it's, it's really stood the test of time. And I really just wanted to take a minute to talk about Alto today because, um, he would also, how he, he stayed relevant in the Detroit community because every time one of our teams played for a championship, they would haul out three or four different people to do national anthems. Sister Rita Franklin, Alto Reed, Anita Baker, and then, you know, one form of uh, some of the other Motown acts like Mary Wells would do stuff. And, you know, um, I think Kid Rock did some stuff. Um, but Alto was always there, especially with the Pistons. He was a big Piston fan. And he would come out there with his saxophone and play the darndest rendition of uh, of the national anthem you ever heard. And uh, he passed today. Just wanted to let you know, didn't want him to just slip off. Uh, and I thought, you know, everyone knows him, but no one knows his name. And now you know his name. That was Alto Reed. And he was phenomenal. All right, uh, Jeff in Richmond. You're on News Radio WRVA. Hi, Jeff. You got to pot the photo. Yeah. Jeff, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing good, man. But yourself? I'm good, man. Thank you. What's awesome. up? I did not recognize that name, but until you, after you played that daggone riff, man, I knew exactly who it was. It's iconic, right? It's up there with Layla by yes. Eric Clapton. It's up there with every guitar riff. And I can't think of another instrumental riff, can you, that is so widely no, I known? No, not. And you didn't know his not name? Not off the top of my head. And you didn't know his name, now did you? I know you? who it is. That's a sad day. It is really Did sad. You also hear who else passed today? Who isn't passing, man? It's awful. Who who are you referring to? Dawn Wells. Who? From Gilligan's Island, Marianne. Oh, Marianne died today? I did not see that. Yes. I okay. just saw it a minute ago. Can we be honest? I, I thought she'd already passed. Was Ginger the one who died? No, I think she was she was either eighty two or eighty six. Oh, that's too and bad. And supposedly she died of COVID, but if you could fall and break your arm and die of COVID nowadays. Yeah, you know, um, the guy who blew up that RV in uh, Nashville died of COVID, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking up to COVID. I can't believe, Don. <laughs> I feel like this last week, 2020, is just saying, give me everyone. I mean, because we, oh, um, we lost Phil Necro, the baseball player. Yep. Um We lost, uh, who else? We lost this 41-year-old congressman elect. Um, yeah, I just yeah. this week, this week in the last ten days, I feel like twenty twenty is going. Give me everybody. If you make it through Friday, you're good. I mean, I just it's been awful. So. We got one more day of it, man. So who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah, no, I know. I'm just going to stay. I'm going to yeah. hang low. 
Yeah, me and you both. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right, happy new year, big guy. You take care. All right, so another friend of mine, a musician, just posted this. He says, this year has been bad and somehow it just got worse. Please have a good thought for Alto Reed and the Silver Bullet family today as we've lost Alto. Always the sweetest guy in rock and roll. He always treated everybody and anybody with love and respect. And I can vouch for that. The couple of times I met him, acted like he'd kn- acted like I'd known him since, you know, we were kids. Um, and we all know how he helped turn Bob's music, Bob Seeger, uh, and Bob's music into magic. When he joined me on stage at Memphis Smoke, it was truly a super session, a great dad, an amazing friend, wonderful musician, and, and an honor who truly uh, loved what he did. We'll miss, we'll miss you, Alto. That's not his real name, by the way. Uh, horn sections just got a lot more interesting. So it's really sad to see him go. Um, and uh, I'm glad you know his name now. Uh, but yeah, cue that riff up again. Let's play that into the break. Because for those of you who just tuned in, I'm talking about Alto Reed, who passed away today. Again, you don't know his name, but you certainly, certainly know this. Not to mention you can listen to Seeger's best song, man. I grew up on classic rock. My parents, uh, I credit them with that, and this uh, rambling, gambling man, all that stuff. Oh, I love it, and Just, I love get out of uh, get out. Is it get out of Denver? Get out of Denver, baby. Yeah, Seeger's amazing. I, Hollywood Nights probably my favorite. But yes, hundred percent. I've I. Uh, defy anybody to tell me you don't turn it all the way up when this song comes on. I mean, this is my wife and I, the one of the few artists we agree on. I first saw him only four years ago in Pittsburgh, and I'm from Detroit. Every time I was going to go see him, something happened. And he sounded amazing, and Alta was there. Yeah. Give it a little more and then we'll go to break. Go, playing star again. There I go. Turn the page. Will you walk into a restaurant strung out from the road? You feel the eyes upon you as you're shaking off the cold. You pretend it doesn't bother you, but you just want to explode. Most times you can't hear them talk. All right, it's uh, 316. Alto Reed. Passes away today, the guitar, the uh, saxophone player for Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. All right, coming up next, so we're going to tell you the case against $2,000 checks. Hang tight. You're listening to the Jeff Cat Show, Greg in for Jeff, News Radio, WRVA. All right, welcome back. I'm sorry if you heard me singing in the break. I left my mic on and I was telling Adam, he was, he was asking me songs about, uh, he says, I only know like three or four Seger songs. So then I started telling him songs, and I was, like, singing them so he could hear them. So if you could hear me, you got a concert. You're welcome. 
<laughs> I should apologize. No one needs to hear me sing, but I was telling Adam about the secret songs that he might know because he's got a, a huge catalog of songs that a lot of people don't realize because you just hear the same ones, old time rock and roll, rock and roll never forgets. You know, the, you hear the same stuff on the radio, but there's a ton of stuff that got played back in the day that doesn't get played as often now. So I had to hum a few bars and uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I did not do him justice. Um, and I apologize, but you know, now you know some secret songs you probably never knew. All right, our number is 833 804 1140. 833 804 1140. So it looks like this $2,000 stimulus checks are not going to go through. I told you they wouldn't go through, and I told you I fear that they will cost the Republicans the Georgia Senate uh, runoffs next week. Um, I don't know that they'll lose both, but I think it assures they'll lose one. I think Leffler's going to lose. Uh, because she's running against that Ossoff guy. And I think uh, Purdue will win because he's running against a real nut and uh, uh, a guy who abused children and this and that. But I'm telling you, we all know the $2,000 checks were wrong. We shouldn't be giving out free money. And I'll I'll tell you also that they have said today that they are giving out the $600 checks now. So they should start hitting accounts to people um, soon. We'll tell you the case against those checks coming up. Because to be honest with you, giving out free money is probably not the way to go, and we all know it. We'll discuss that coming up next. Checking with David Richmond. David, did you enjoy my singing? Uh, I didn't I didn't oh. really hear your singing, Greg, but oh. I'm sure I would have enjoyed it had I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just wanted to comment. I saw uh, I saw Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band in 1975, and they actually were opening up for Bachman Turner Overdrive. Get out of here! Two hit wonders. Now, well, well BTO. They, I mean, they were really, really yeah, big. In huge. But yeah. This was like a year before Night Moves came out. Uh-huh. And Seger just. I mean, they came out and just. If I had been BTO, I would have never taking the stage but i like bto too but they got three songs oh yeah yeah they're great i mean randy bachman i mean they're great but uh and i also wanted to mention too an iconic acoustic guitarist died christmas morning uh his name was tony rice okay yeah yeah he 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 revolutionized acoustic guitar for bluegrass and also for acoustic jazz but if anybody wants to hear even if you don't like bluegrass, all you have to do is listen to about 90 seconds of uh, something called the Tony Rice All-Star Jam on YouTube, a song called Nine Pound Hammer, and you will understand that this guy is just was just incredible. I've heard the name Tony Rice, absolutely. But do you, do you think yeah. that Bob Seger could be the most underrated rock and roller of his era? Because I think I, he could be. Like, like, let me just tell you, like, how many songs can you name of his off the top of your head that were popular? Three or four? Three or four, but I can think of I think I can think of ones like Main Street and Jody Girl. I can think of a lot that I like that, you know, occasionally got played on an FM station at Cat, the time. But, Catman you know, Do? We're not Yeah, Catman Do. Old time rock get and roll. Denver is a, yeah, Get Out of Denver is a great song. It's, it's like his takeoff on Chuck Berry. Well, all right, I'll take that one step further. Go listen to Garth Brooks's uh, Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up. It's the same song. 
Just like oh, yeah, just is. like get out of Denver is is uh, Johnny B. Good, right? Exactly, because I remember once slightly changing the subject. Somebody asked George Thorogood when he first came out, "Why well, doesn't write songs?" He said <laughs> Chuck Berry wrote them. All. They're all written, right? <laughs> yes, and they're the same four chords, is what they tell you. Exactly, but but it's the lyrics that win, you know. And like like here, I think Bob's big like beautiful loser. Um, he yeah. did. Why don't you? He, we've got tonight with Sheena Easton. He did um, yeah. breakdown from the movie Beverly Hills Cop Two. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of hits that just many people don't know about. You know, um, yeah. unless you're a Detroit guy like me, and and then it's just you know you look at it and you go, how's this guy? I mean, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. He is Rock and Roll royalty, yeah. but you just you know you never. Yeah, I heard think a lot of it. Detroit radio when I was when I was growing up because I had an older sister that lived in Flint. Okay. And uh, so I I was there, and you know obviously I'm you know 13 years older than you probably. So I was there when things were really happening. In fact, I won't bore you with the whole story, but I got to meet this guy named Terry Knight. He was in a group called Terry Knight in the Pack. I'd seen him on a Cleveland TV station. Wait, I know then, that name. Yeah, okay. Well, you know it because he ended up managing Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, when they were the biggest thing on the planet. When they were the biggest thing on the planet. So anyway, I was like a kid. I was like 10 years old, and I went down the street and I knocked on his door <laughs> in Flint, and it's like he invited me in. Oh my! <laughs> it was this. Oh, it was the strangest thing. It's like I'd seen the guy on TV, and I saw him drive by, like near my sister's, and he was driving by like in a convertible Corvette. Uh-huh. And I thought that's Terry Knight. Wow. So, so anyway, it was it was pretty bizarre. But, I had, uh, yeah, I, he was. I yeah. had this funny story about Grand Funk too. Many years later. We were doing a Woodstock, like, I was working at a radio station in Detroit. I was a young guy, 20 years old, just happy to be here. And we were doing a concert, and we had a guy named Mark Farner, who, of course, is one-third of um, Grand Funk. It's Mark, Don, and Mel. He's the lead singer, right? So the the great voice is him. And I said, man, what have you been doing forever? Since, you know, the the time when you sold out Shea Stadium, he goes, brother, I've been doing God rock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he went and started doing Christian music. So he's just—he was a real trip, man. But that guy could sing. So, oh yeah, and and Seeger, I think, was really—I mean, not only under underappreciated or uh, you know as a, as an artist as a whole, but I always thought he had just like a classic growling oh. rock voice. Just, a- I agree. He had that great rock and roll pipes, man. He was fantastic. I'm sorry, David, we lost your cell, but uh, thanks for calling, man. All right, it's 3.30 News Radio WRVA. We're going to do the news, and then coming up next, we're going to talk about these stimulus checks because the $600 checks are going out, and they're for every adult and every child. It's not just the adults. So if you're a family of four, you'll get $2,400. We'll discuss the case for and against stimulus checks. Jeff Katz Show, News Radio WRVA. All right, News Radio WRVA, Greg Hansen in for Jeff Katz. It is a Wednesday. It's hump day, but not really because it's a vacation week. No one's around. Jeff's not around. John's not around. Rushing around. It's just me, man. Sorry. And the, to top it off, you got to hear me singing in the break, which uh, hope that didn't hurt your dog's ears. It's a. Uh, <laughs> uh, Today, checks started going out. 
Checks started going out. Six hundred dollar checks. Uh, they started processing. You could you could see them as soon as uh, I guess early next week, and then uh, the first batch uh, we'll get them in the first two weeks if you already have your stuff on file. It's six hundred dollars per person, including kids. Family of four gets twenty four hundred, three thousand for a family of five, and then it, you gotta it be under seventy five thousand dollars adjusted gross income. So there's been a lot of talk about the relief checks, and I do believe they're going to damage their chances in. Georgia. Why? Because who doesn't want free money? Everybody. Everybody wants free money. Doesn't matter that it's borrowing from the future. They want free money. And um, I picked up this article today, and it's interesting because it says the case against $2,000 relief checks. And this article is on Real Clear Politics. So it was linked um, from the National Review. It says, you know, obviously uh, there's no easy political position to be in than supporting broad-based government handouts, particularly for the middle class. Everyone wants the money, and even those who vigorously criticize tax cuts for the rich or welfare the, for those who don't work, um, usually defending middle-class entitlements such as Social Security and Medicare, um, are popular, right? The latest triumph of populist pandering over limited government cap conservatism is President Trump's call to increase the $600 relief payment and the latest stimulus to 2000 The CARES Act has already given each family for typically $3,400, um, and, this, and this latest stimulus check will add another $2,400 for a family of four. Uh, enacting, enacting the Cash Act would raise the 600 to 2000 and bring the total relief payments to 11000 for the typical family of four to nine months span. Okay, editorial comment there. $11,000 ain't helping anybody over nine months, okay? That's well below poverty. It's not paying your rent. It's not buying your groceries. It's not enough. The government can never give you enough money. They just simply cannot. There's not enough people paying to support people who aren't paying. And and here's the thing. I realize you did nothing to deserve this. And then I thought, well, maybe not. You voted Democrat. You voted to be locked down, particularly here in Virginia. And I'm sorry, my red friends, but we didn't get out and vote, so it's partially our fault, too. We put Northern in office. That's our fault as a state. And you need to hold these people accountable, which you won't, because you'll stay loyal to your party and you'll go vote blue again. Because that's how you do it. You won't look at how, how you damage the state. You don't care. You just want to win. And you'll vote for more blue state governors who will shut you down. So you did do this to yourself. I know the mantra we've been using has been, well, through no fault of your own. It is your own fault. If you voted blue, it's your fault. The rest of us just have to suffer who voted red. And if you didn't go vote red and you're a red guy or girl, you're partially to blame. So, let's talk about some of the arguments they make for stimulus. Number one, the middle class is suffering uh, from COVID-19 and we get crumbs. Well... According to this article, the purpose of the relief bills outside of financing health care and vaccine has been to keep afloat families and businesses um, who've lost income. And then it goes on to say, but, you know, the $166 billion allocated to fund the payout 
serves no legitimate purpose because the vast majority of recipients haven't lost their jobs or income during the year. See, that's the problem with these relief checks is they're not targeted. I'm getting $2,400 and I didn't lose my job. My family's getting $2,400 and we didn't lose our jobs. My wife's still teaching. I mean, we took temporary pay cuts for the company, but we didn't lose our jobs. As a matter of fact, when I got temporarily pay cut, when I got the temporary pay cut, I went out and found a part-time job to make the shortfall up. That's just how you're supposed to do it. You know, if you need something, you work for it. It's not that hard. But we got relief money and we didn't deserve it. It's not targeted. And that's what Mitch McConnell's saying. But that isn't going to fly in the face of a country where the majority of the people want freebies. They go on to say, what about those who have fallen through the cracks? Argument two. Current aid programs have not been fully reached, have not been able to fully reach everyone who lost income. Some have remained employed, but have had their hours reduced. Some have been ineligible for unemployment benefits. Others have failed to receive adequate PPP funds. The solution for those who are falling through the cracks is not to simply borrow hundreds of billions of dollars to write additional checks that would take the payment to the typical family of four to the cumulative $11,400, even if they've lost no income. Targeted programs are the way to clean up this mess. Don't give money to people who are still working. Uh, Argument three. Spending relief checks is good for the economy. Now, I've read conflicting stories on this one. This one says that most of the money from the first round of checks was largely saved, causing the overall personal savings rate to soar from 8 to 32%. That may be, but I think a lot of the savings is because there's nowhere to spend it. The only thing you're spending money on right now is food and maybe some videos. You can't go anywhere. You can't travel. You can't go on vacation. You're not driving your car, so there's no maintenance or gas. So I think the savings rate's up for other reasons. And I've read stories talking about the the majority of these checks being used. But uh, I'd have to, you know, go back through that. Um, argument four, we paid taxes. We want our money back. Nonsense. Federal taxes are not even sufficient to fund the regular government operations, much less the host of new spend, pandemic spending. In the In the current fiscal year, nearly half of all federal spending was funded by deficits rather than taxes. And two-thirds of these deficits were funded by the Federal Reserve. We're not getting our money back. The Fed is paying in relief checks, and that's absolutely true. And if you voted blue, and if you voted red in some instances, your fault. Because our government isn't held accountable when it comes to holding the butt line on the budget. And you want Medicare for all. You want free college because you voted for Biden. You want all these giveaway programs that you're not paying nearly enough taxes to fund. And here's the little secret. You'll never be able to pay enough taxes. The rich won't be able to pay enough taxes to fund any of these programs, but they're going to happen and they're going to print money. So I don't want to hear about getting your money back either. That's a great point. Uh, Then argument five, relief money's been diverted to foreign aid. This article claims that all of that stuff was in the $40 billion annual tax bill Uh, budget line for foreign aid. It's just 1% of the federal budget. I say take it out. Don't give any money to anyone, ever, ever. Um, They said that that, the critics have seized on the $4 billion in foreign aid for the 
for uh, unpopular regimes, most of which Trump approved in the previous three years and even proposed in this year's budget. Setting aside the merits of the programs, they pale in comparison to the $3.5 trillion in pandemic assistance. But I will take issue with this point, too. I don't care if if it's 1%. I don't care if it's a small percentage of the $3.5 trillion. I don't want to hear any money going anywhere when people here need it. I've said that for years. Most Americans will tell you that, and then they go vote for Biden. Or at least they tell us they voted for Biden. It says here the middle class is argument number six. The middle class always pays the taxes and gets no benefits. It says one of those myths that won't die is the middle class pays all the taxes and gets gets none of the benefits. In reality, the budget office data shows the typical family... um, uh, middle income earning pays 10,000 in federal income taxes while receiving 1600 in direct benefits plus 63 worth of public goods such as defense and infrastructure from the bottom earning 60% the average is 5000 a year and it's um it's matched with $25,000 in federal benefits and goods so basically he's saying you get more than your money's worth and that might be true that might be true but again I don't care if it's only $40 billion. That's not monopoly money. That can go here. All of it. All the foreign aid. All of it. So that's the case they're making against $2,000 checks. Um, but I, I, I guess this guy's never heard of the term optics because the optics of giving $600, $600 to each adult while Congress gets a raise in the middle of a pandemic and while money goes to Pakistan, money goes to Sri Lanka – that that's all true and that is very disconcerting and sending money anywhere other than to the american people when our federal de- deficit is out of control is also something i think was brought to light by this bill it finally had a chance for us to look at it and go hold on a minute what are we doing because we've all known it was there it just wasn't in our face and it wasn't personal because it didn't deny us stimulus money i don't want stimulus money i've long been stunned that they ever gave stimulus money started in 2008 when bush did that first round of remember the 400 stimulus checks we all got then uh then uh, we got the um the 1200 each and the 600 for the kids and then we got 600 for everyone government can't give out free money there aren't enough of us paying to give out free money coming up next i'll tell you the argument for Stimulus checks. 833-804-1140. 833-804-1140. You're listening to News Radio WRVA. News Radio WRVA. Hope you're having a great day. 351 on a Wednesday. Greg Henson here for Jeff Katz. Talking about stimulus checks. There's an article as well on, on theweek.com that says $2,000 checks are good. It's a full-blown socialist article, so I won't get too much into it. But the big, the big point they make is that, um, is that there's, no, there's no inflation. So there's no reason not to spend the money. Economist Paul Krugman says, look, you can spend till you see the whites of, their, till you see the, the, the whites of inflation. He means whites of their eyes, obviously. But... Uh, that's the only case against, as far as he, he says, there's, there's plenty of room to give them out. And, you know, the bulk of them will, will be used. But I will tell you a quick anecdotal story. 
when they first, when this pandemic first hit back in April and they started giving out checks, my son panicked. He thought he'd broken his uh, PS4. And he said, Dad, I want to spend my money to get a new one because he had some birthday money that he'd saved. And I said, okay, let's get on the, the website for the company and let's find it. And every time we went to the site, it said there's not a PS4 within 400 miles of Richmond. I was like, well, you got to be kidding me. And so I get in my car and I drive to a couple of the big box stores. And, and the guy says, Mm-mm, can't get that. And I said, well, my other son wants to get a TV as a monitor. Can we get one of those? He goes, nope. I said, why not? He goes, they're all sold out. And I said, well, where where did it all go? Where are they all going? He said, people are getting stimulus checks and spending them on video games. And I thought to myself, man, if that's true, and I can't prove it. I just know what they were telling me at the electronic stores. They said, look, we, we, haven't, we don't plan to have any in stock for months. They're just not they're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to get them. And I thought, well, so much for people starving and needing these checks, you know, cause we got them and they, where did they go? Right into our savings account, paid off credit card, put the rest away because we didn't need it. Our number is 833-804-1140, 833-804-1140. Tracy and Mechanicsville, you're on news radio, WRVA. Hi, Tracy. Tracy, are you there? All right, Tracy's got her radio on, so I'm going to have to put her on hold and until she hears us. Uh, let's check in with Wally on a cell phone. Hi, Wally. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. Just finished playing around the golf and the American dream. <laughs> okay. What's up? Hey. Why in the world are we sending out checks when all you got to do is do away with the capital gains tax or cut your what you pay in in uh, taxes? Oh, I agree. You keep your money. I think they should watch. The, they should just cut the income tax just for a few months. I mean, three or four months of no income gains. tax. Well, capital gains wouldn't capital affect capital, most capital of us. Gains. Yeah, but people would really invest if they didn't pay taxes on twenty five percent of it. But the problem is most people, and thanks for the call, most people aren't in a position to invest any money um, at this moment. I know a lot did. I, I was able to a little bit. But Tracy in Mechanicsville, you have to have your radio off. Um, it is off. Okay, good. I'm on the highway. What's up? Yeah, I, I was just, there's lots of, you know, like you are mentioning, capital gains, et cetera, and income tax, but they're just not doing that. They are, no. however, giving us this little pittance, and I'm just going to take it and Spend it as I see fit without any feelings of guilt. And you shouldn't feel guilty. I mean, if they're going to give it to you, but just understand what it means. It just means we're further and further and further in debt. I know nobody cares, but that's oh. just, that's the only downside. Oh, yeah, definitely care. Um, but there's lots of pork and other things that they can remove um, to help out on the debt. Uh, mm-hmm. This payment to the American public, you know, I, you know, as I just said, I just, I don't see it as a problem. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate the call. You take care. All right, you too. 833-804-1140. As far as seeing it as a problem, we can talk about that momentarily. Elizabeth, hi. Elizabeth, hello. Hi. Um, hello. Uh, for one thing, um, talking about the Senate race, Kelly Leffler is not running against Oswald. No, she's Senator running against Purdue. Warnock. You're right, yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I know I'm Did right. Did I say him backwards? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, uh, I know Ossoff is... You know what you're talking about. Okay, thanks for the call. Uh, somebody transposes something, and Elizabeth thinks that she's the genius. But thank you. Uh, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Purdue is running against Ossoff. Not that it matters, because I think we're going to lose both of them. I hope not. I hope we can save that one, the Purdue one. That's the close one. Ossoff's only up one, uh, eight-tenths of a point. But he's been as high as up two, according to Trafalgar. But who knows what to believe? You know, I, I don't I don't know what to believe when it comes to these polls. Um, in Georgia, too, it's uh, Loeffler is down, according according to the RCP average, down 1.8. And she has not led. She's been down by as much to this Warnock guy as seven points, which I don't know if I believe or not, because this guy's just nasty. This uh, Warnock guy, he is a um, uh, just had a story come out that that he actually abused kids at a camp he ran and dumped urine on them for peeing to bed. Can you believe that? And the guy came forward, but you know what? Nobody cares, and the mainstream media doesn't cover it. So. Yeah, Warnock uh, is up 1.8 over Kelly Loeffler in the poll. Who cares what the poll says, though? I'm just telling you what it says. And then it has Purdue trailing 0.8 to Ossoff. Wouldn't surprise me if we lost both. I hope we can hold one. You just need the one. All right. Uh, our number is 833-804-1140. 833-804-1140. You're listening to the Jeff Cat Show. Greg in for Jeff. News Radio WRVA.